Thank you for traveling with Amex Platinum. To your right, you'll see Oceanside Relaxation at a fine hotel and resort property. When booked through Amex Travel, you can enjoy complimentary breakfast for 2 and 4 p.m. late checkout. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Carol G. Juan Gabriel. Christina Aguilera. What do these three have in common? You mean apart from impeccable style, chart-topping canciones, and drama? Facts, yes, all of the above are correct, but most importantly, they're some of the biggest Latin icons in the world. And they're just a few of the game-changing Latin stars we're covering in Becoming an Icon Season 2. Listen to Becoming an Icon on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic Gymnastics, Cain Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. Thanks for listening to the Best of the Doug Gottlieb Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday from 3 to 6 p.m. Eastern Time. That's 12 to 3 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. Find your local station for the Doug Gottlieb Show at foxsportsradio.com or stream us live every day on the iHeartRadio app by searching FSR. This is the best of the Doug Gottlieb Show on Fox Sports Radio. Boom! What up, America? Doug Gottlieb Show, Fox Sports Radio. Man, do I love my job. Love, love, love my job. That's because I get to sit here and talk on the radio with you React to college basketball games that just get punched up right now. (laughs) React to college basketball games like Indiana falling to Ohio State, what that means for the Buckeyes, what that means for the Hoosiers. Also reacting to uh, some of the other stuff that's happening in college hoops. We'll get you ready for Selection Sunday. Don't worry. I am not taking time off. Um, I got a jet plane tonight, fly to Chicago, do the Big Ten tournament on radio, but I'll be with you uh, for the duration, not just today, but into the weekend and to the next week as well. So help you set your brackets, hopefully help you win a couple uh, of your brackets as well. But let's react. There's, I think, two incredibly big stories today outside of that of college hoops. One revolves around Le'Veon Bell, who forgot the key element to gambling. We'll get to that later on this hour. John Middlecoff will join us upcoming next. He uh, is a former NFL scout, part of the Three and Out podcast. But I want to start with a story from Rick Bucher from Bleach Report. The subject of moving James, moving LeBron James, however, was contemplated by the Lakers, a team source said. Week before, Jeff Van Gundy aired it. When rumors engulfed the team in the February trade deadline that it was willing to trade anyone other than James to acquire all-star forward Anthony Davis from the New Orleans Pelicans. James's agent, Rich Paul, was widely accused of spreading these rumors because Davis is one of his clients. Paul denied to Bleacher Report that he leaked the Lakers' interest in Davis, but Buss suspected, Buss being Genie Buss, su- suspected otherwise and was furious. The idea of terminating the franchise's relationship with Paul by moving James at least crossed Buss's mind. The team source says, and Paul was made aware of it. That prompted Paul to reach out to Buss to clear the air, and whatever ill will existed supposedly dissipated. 
At the MIT Sloan Sports Analytics Conference a few weeks later, Buss blamed the media for making the rumors public. What happened with Anthony Davis, what happened with the rumors, what happened with, and I said this at the time, it's very, very important. It doesn't mean that LeBron James himself leaked any of this info. It does not. But here, here are the rumors and the way in which they came out. At first, it was Chris Broussard who co-hosts The Odd Couple. That's a show that you can hear at 7 o'clock Eastern, 4 o'clock Pacific every time. Of course, Chris has covered the NBA for years. First rumor to come out was LeBron could be playing if it was the playoffs. He missed 10 more games after that rumor came out. Chris is incredibly connected, and he's not getting that from anyone other than somebody in LeBron James's camp. Right? Then there was um, Jackie McMullen, who reported that LeBron James would prefer a different head coach. Rumor two. Then there was the big rumors about potentially trading the entire team for Anthony Davis. What happened at the time was a coup d'etat. Coup d'etat. Now, I don't know if you're familiar with a coup d'etat. It's usually, usually reserved for, you know, um, uh, it's like a military. military the, the definition is that uh, it's like a coup or an overthrow or a takeover, a regime change. It's a French term, a sudden and it's considered a violent, illegal seizure of power by government or a notable or successful stroke. No, that's how it it's a it's a seizure of power, usually by government. But in this particular case, it was LeBron James. It was Rich Paul. It was a little bit like. Wasn't it Independence Day, right, where the aliens would come in and they would and they, they were going to use up all the resources from the planet. Was that the movie I'm, I'm remembering? Point is this. Le- LeBron James and Rich Paul had a couple of guys on the team that were Rich Paul clients. And they wanted a Rich Paul client as head coach. And they wanted to get the other star to be a Rich Paul client. And now all of a sudden, when Rich Paul has several clients on the team, they take over the team. That's what they do. We're rolling into L.A. and we're going to own L.A. When we mean own, we mean we're going to own the L.A. Lakers. They were not subtle at all. And you know what Jeannie Buss said? I can't repeat it on radio. That's essentially what she said. Now, it'll be interesting to see if this is all huff and bluster because the next hire is head coach and the potential move for Anthony Davis, that will determine whether or not they still get their coup. They still get their power. Because she can act tough and say, hey, I thought about moving LeBron James. Like, all right, sure you did. Uh, That's the woman saying, I was going to leave him. But, you know, we had kids to think about and a mortgage. And like, look, if you're going to leave, walk out the door and go. File papers, move out, get your own place. Now, I know there's also difficult logistics to trading him. Like, Potentially, where could you move him? The Clippers, maybe, so he doesn't have to move to L.A. But even then, good luck getting any sort of return on the dollar. The best thing she can do is not hire a Rich Paul client as your next head coach and not trade for a Rich Paul client in the offseason. If you do that, you probably maintain control, command and control of of your basketball operation. But, and this is a large Kardashian size, but just because you fought off one coup does not mean you can fight off the eventual overthrow of your government. Let history be your guide. This is what LeBron James does. This is from Stephen A. Smith back in 2018. According to a couple owners I've spoken to and executives I've spoken to, Dan Gilbert this is from Le- Stephen A. Smith. Do I have to say it in Stephen A. Smith's voice? Dan Gilbert is known for for not being particularly fond of LeBron James. Sorry, that was my best impression. I don't do a great Stephen A. Smith. He doesn't mind the fact that LeBron James is leaving at all. As a matter of fact, I had one executive tell me, excuse me, I can't wait till he leaves because I'll get my team back. This is something that Dan Gilbert actually echoed. 
This is the exact quote from my sources that said Dan Gilbert said that. Dan Gilbert said, hey, I finally got my team back. Remember, there was Phil Jackson saying, hey, he and his posse, they come in, they think they run the place. They want to be late for the plane. They want to divert the plane. They don't want to be on the plane. That's how they roll. He tried to do it to Pat Riley. He tried to do the key. He walked into Pat Riley's office and said, you ever think about coaching again? Pat Riley said, no, hasn't crossed my mind. Go play basketball. So all of this drama is why Kyrie wants no part of playing with LeBron. All of this drama is why the Cavs, in truth, though they won't be successful anytime in the near future, you own a franchise like you want to run your own. You want to have power over your own franchise. That's what you want. And they don't currently have it in L.A. The power struggle is real. Yeah, I did there. Power struggle is real. It is absolutely real and fascinating to watch. And what a complete disaster in terms of PR for LeBron. It was so bad. It was so embarrassing that Jeannie Buss is like, no, this is my dad's franchise. We bought it off Jack Ken Cook, and we brought Showtime to L.A. And sure, we had some family infighting, and I didn't think Jim was doing the right thing, so I took over and I hired a couple of guys. And we moved mountains to bring you in, and all of a sudden you think you run the place? Mm-mm. Now we'll see. By the way, this is Bob McNair saying, I think he said the inmates don't run the prison, but the inmates don't run the asylum. Whatever. It's all the same. It's a saying. It's an expression. It has nothing to do with calling a basketball player, a football player, an inmate. It's a, it's a widely used expression. Almost cliche. And the point is, players play, owners own. And we know LeBron wants to own a team. We just didn't know the Lakers were the team. And the Lakers, as Jeannie Buss has said, not for sale. Not for sale. What a fascinating story. What a fascinating story. And look, there's just a reality to it as well. Like, you can be super mad and go, we're going to trade LeBron, but like LeBron isn't going to show up if you trade him anywhere other than maybe the Clippers or maybe New York. But does, does he want to work for Jim Dolan? How does that exactly work? Where else would he be able to play? That's the amazing thing about the whole LeBron thing is um, they're stuck with him, but he's kind of stuck with them. And they got to work it out. But Rick Buecher, who uh, we've had on this show, I believe his sources are beyond repute, saying that a couple weeks before Jeff Van Gundy said it, I know Colin said it, hey, they should think about all options trading LeBron James. The problem is the reality to it is you just can't. Right? Like he's just not going to show. You can't trade him to Oklahoma City, Utah, Minnesota, Denver, Portland, blah, 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 blah. Like you just go through the list of teams. And the only possible destinations are the Knicks and the Clippers. You know? Maybe the Celtics. But even that, do those teams, I think the Knicks would want him, but does he want to play for their, does he want to, will he be willing to move? Which I would guess his wife would say no. But maybe he does. Be sure to catch live editions of the Doug Gottlieb Show weekdays at noon Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. 
If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, at the very least, as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley, and recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rocked the baby to sleep and slammed up. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry, back to Iguodala, up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. LeBron James. And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storr on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The devil is always in the details. You guys ever heard that expression? The devil's in the details. Here are the details to Le'Veon Bell's full guarantee at signing. The numbers are in year one. With the Jets, he's going to get $14.5 million. Through year two, $26 million. Through year three, $39.5 million. In other words, in addition to not making any money last year, not a not a penny, in addition to not making any money, he's going to make less money with his current contract than the last one that was offered to him. In Pittsburgh. Substantially less. Five million first year. Okay. Five million. Seven million by the time the second year is done. And though he makes a little bit more to get it close by the third year, uh, he'll get closer and it'll be about five and a half million dollars. Now, this is important for a myriad of reasons. First, obviously, it came up short of his expectations to reset the market. Secondly, it it showed that he he didn't necessarily bet on himself. He just thought his value would be higher than what Pittsburgh was willing to offer, right? It's the whole idea of leverage. Like, if you don't like our deal, shop it, find a better one. He has not. He had he, he could have gone anywhere in the league this year. And third, and maybe this is probably the least discussed part of it. I've told you guys that lottery winners, they tell you all the time, the more money you make up front, the better. Don't get a payout over 20 years. Get all the money up front. And so the idea, not only is Le'Veon Bell making less money in totality, he makes up some of that money in the third year and gets him closer, but making the money earlier actually makes it even more valuable. My my college coach is a man named Eddie Sutton, and I'm hoping that in three weekends when they announce the Naismith Memorial Hall of Fame class of 2019, he finally gets in. I think this is his fifth time being a finalist. Like, enough already. Put the guy in the Final Four. Uh, put the guy in the, 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 the Hall of Fame. So two years in a row, my junior and my senior year, 
right around Christmas break, we played UNLV at the Tom, at Thomas and Mac. That's their arena. And I'll never forget this. We got off the plane, and when we got off the plane in Vegas, you got an envelope of money. You get your per diem. And so I remember playing on like a Wednesday, and my first year we, we played Creighton and we lost, and we were all in a bad mood on like a Sunday. We fly out. We don't play until Tuesday or to Wednesday. And you get off the plane, and the manager is meeting you, and he gives you a, a wad of money. And it sounds like a it sounds like a big thing, but like twenty six dollars a day plus you made whatever twenty six dollars you got from your game at Creighton. So you know you get out the plane, you get like one hundred fifty bucks, two hundred bucks in cash for all the time uh, that you're going to spend in Vegas on you know and and the road trip. And he brought us all in, and he said, "Fellas, you guys were of age." You want to go gamble, you're not allowed to gamble on sports. You want to put some money on the blackjack table, on the craps table, go ahead. But I want you to know something, fellas. See all those buildings? They don't build them because the house loses. See, the lesson that Le'Veon Bell learned was not one in business. He still probably doesn't understand uh, because a lot of guys can't come to the idea. Like he's still looking at bottom line numbers when being paid up front, being paid early is actually way more beneficial. You put that money away. And for example, he's making 5 million less. Like if he got the, the money you make in the first year, you put that all away and then you can live off of the interest of that money and keep money makes money. Right. The, the main lesson that Le'Veon Bell learned is the lesson that a lot of these players actually already know. They're not dummies. See, people on TV, people on radio, former players, yeah, man, reset the market. Stick it to the teams. Yeah, man. Hey, dude, this isn't about business. I mean, some of it is about business, right? You're always one hit away from your career being over. Why should I pay you three years and guaranteed when some of the great players all of a sudden take one hit and they're done and I still have to pay you that contract. And oh yeah, by the way, it still counts against the salary cap if you're uh, if you're on the books, even if you're injured, like Alex Smith. Um, this is a, list, a, a lesson in Vegas, a lesson in gambling. And here's the lesson. House always wins. Like, I don't know if you know this, but in, in blackjack, every time you take a card, every time you take a card, your chances of winning decrease. The, the odds for blackjack are actually better odds than many other, I think all other games. I think Baccarat actually is the best odds. I don't even know how to play back Baccarat. I barely know how to pronounce Baccarat, but I believe that Baccarat is actually the best odds. Blackjack is the second best odds unless you take a card. Every time you take a card, your odds decrease, right? And that's why I like the payout for roulette is so much more because you have very, very slight odds. But when you get off the plane in Vegas on that Southwest flight and you're like, honey, I'm home. You can look at it Eddie Sutton's way. They don't build those buildings because the house is losing money. Or just remember this expression that Le'Veon Bell should learn. House always wins. You might think you're going to stick it to the man and sit out. All you've done is cost yourself money. Even if he made up the money that he lost, which he did not. Even if somehow he got paid $14 million more. Than the forty-five million he was owed, he was offered by the Pittsburgh Steelers going back to last year. That still actually wouldn't be as much money because there's a year where he didn't make a penny, and all of that money could be making more money. But that's more business. This is just simple gambling. He gambled on himself, or he gambled on the system, and he forgot the 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 most important thing to know in gambling is the house always wins. Be sure to catch live editions of the Doug Gottlieb Show weekdays at noon Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific. John Middlecoff joins the show. He's got his own podcast called Three and Out. It's outstanding. Part of the Herd Podcast Network. Um, Let's start with Le'Veon Bell. 
Uh, what does this What does this do? You know, when Antonio Brown gets a new deal, people say like, "Oh, see, just wide receivers, guys can 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 control the market where they go." And Le'Veon Bell gets substantially less than he was offered by Pittsburgh. What does this do for the future? Yeah, I mean, I, I don't think it changes much, Doug. I mean, are you telling me that players? He, he's the first guy to set out the franchise tag because no one sits out the franchise tag at so much money. And like you were just talking about, he, he lost. Like, he, he didn't win this. Think about all the free agents, Trent Brown, C.J. Mosley, and all the guys that signed. Even Earl Thomas, who was holding out, but ended up playing. He got paid last year. All the free agents played and got paid and then got a contract when this, you know, right now. So, what, Le'Veon, he could have worked something around with the Steelers, you know, just less wear and tear. They had James Conner, who clearly they liked a lot. Uh, this notion that he was going to get 400-plus carries, you know, it, he, they could have worked something out, I truly believe. And who passes up $14.5 million? You know, unless he has a career-ending injury, how many players have a career-ending injury every year in football? Like one? You know, I mean, even if he would have broke his leg or something. Earl Thomas broke his leg and got $30 million. So Le'Veon Bell was going to get money unless something substantial happened to him. That's the risk anyone in sports takes. Yeah, the risk all these free agents take. Alex Smith this year probably career-ending. Ryan Shazier last year, but yes, and th- and that's why they won't get long-term guaranteed deals. They just don't make financial sense for the teams, even if they make sense for for the like. We just keep we're just in denial about the 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 violence of the National Football League, and you know about it's just the sport of fo- it's just the sport of football, right, Doug? I mean, just the nature of people are getting hurt. You can't give basketball type contracts. To football players, no, or, or baseball unless, contract. Like it's a completely different yeah. sport. Like, what are we? What you know? What? What? Are, what? Are, why do people think that's a good? Just because there are bad contracts <clears throat> in baseball and basketball doesn't mean there has to be bad contracts but, in like, football. Think, think about think about this. Patrick Mahomes. I mean, just had one of the greatest seasons we've ever seen, and you know he wasn't a rookie, but he basically was. Yep. Would you feel comfortable right now giving him like a ten-year, two hundred million dollar contract? No. I mean, you'd probably do it. Yeah, but I don't think you'd feel great about it because what if? Something like the Alex Smith thing happens to him in two years. You'd be screwed. Correct. Absolutely screwed. John Minokoff joins us on the Doug Gottlieb Show here on Fox Sports Radio. Um, speaking of the Alex Smith thing, I was under the impression they were going to go after Rosen. Instead, <laughs> um, you know, they go and help kind of Denver out. Was it because the asking price for Rosen was too high? I'm a little confused with the Rosen situation because OTAs, these players are going to report in a couple weeks. So if Arizona and everyone still thinks Kyler Murray is going to be their guy, are they trying to hold out till like the last second during the draft? Well, then he's going to be working out with the team. If you know you're going to trade him to me, that's a little bit of bad faith. Like just get rid of him now. You have the number one overall pick. So maybe they truly were turning some of these teams down because I, I can't envision – Teams like the Redskins would have they would have rather had Rosen than Case Keenum, or you know the 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 Dolphins would rather have Rosen than Teddy Bridgewater. But maybe they're just holding out to the last second, you know, to try to get a bigger package. But the thing I keep coming back to again: they're, are they going to let Rosen work out and practice at the facility and go through the the first phase of the OTAs with the team and then just deal them when they when it's going to be clear if they do that they knew they were going to do that all along? Seems a little messed up. I mean, I, I get. It's a business and it's cutthroat, but that, that to me, I mean, are they, are they really about to do it? It kind of feels like it because I, I thought what you would assume Rosen would have been traded right when free agency started, and it doesn't really feel like he's going to get traded right well, away. Well, that does bring us to where I think he's going. The Giants just got another first-round pick, um, and they got a third-round pick as well. I don't know what the value of Rosen is, but isn't that the now likely destination? You'd think, but I would say the Dolphins don't have a quarterback uh, if they if they end up cutting Tannehill or have they? I don't think they already have. Yeah, I think they cut uh, they cut Tannehill yesterday. I think I think I know B- uh, Bortles was cut today, so I don't know Bortles. Yeah, it, Bortles and Tannehill are different guys, but seem like the same guy. I don't know why. Yeah. So the Do- Dolphins are going to need one. Uh, I, I still think you could justify if you're the Redskins giving up a second round pick or something for Josh Rosen. Obviously, the Giants. I mean, are they going to really roll it back? with Eli, especially now that they trade Odell Beckham. Uh, I, I think that there is going to be a market on draft day, and maybe that's what Arizona's thinking. But I, I just keep going back to it's going to be a bad look with Josh Rosen having three weeks in the facility in Cardinal stuff 
when it's just going to feel like they knew all along what they were doing. They have not released Tannehill yet. Let me make sure I, I clarify that. John Middlecoff joining us on the Doug Gottlieb Show. Let me ask you about the Odell Beckham Jr. trade. Do you like it for from the Giants' perspective? I thought it was moronic. Uh, first off, why last year, when he was going into his fifth-year option, would you extend him and pay him when you already had reservations? I don't last know. I, 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 don't, I don't understand that part. And listen, John, and John, at the time, did you question it? Because I, I sure as heck did. Question the contract or question them keeping him? Question like, the, the contract. I didn't understand. He had three months of good behavior after being in the hotel room with what looked like cocaine, and they were ready to get rid of him, and all of a sudden he became great teammate guy, and they rewarded him with a huge contract. I didn't understand that at the time. Yeah, I, I just didn't. It, it was clear that they were not on board with him. You know, they just were never really sold. And why couldn't they have done what kind of the Raiders did with Khalil Mack even before, you know, last year at this time with him and got more? And then to pay him, and then you just learn even more of what you already knew. And then to trade him for that, I, I think that is one of the worst packages. You know, Antonio Brown screwed, you know, screwed up the market so much that, they, you know, teams weren't offering anything. To me, Odell Beckham, I, I talked to some teams, Doug, in the NFC that said they had better offers than that. That the Giants clearly wanted him out of the NFC, which to me, if you're going to trade him, I get not trading him to Dallas or Philly. But why does it matter if you trade him to San Francisco or you trade him to L.A. or whoever? If they have a sweet offer, just take the offer. You know, if you're going to trade them, trade them. And to me, to take the, the, you got back pick 17, and the, it's not a good third rounder because it's New England's third rounder. So at the end of the third round, to me, that pick means nothing. And Peppers is, you know, whatever. I mean, he's a, he's a starter. But I, to me, you got to get pick 17 is the best thing they got back for Odell Beckham. That's. That's crazy. And, uh, I, and I'm an Odell Beckham guy. I think he's really talented. And his money is not that crazy if he's just on the field. Okay, so there is the part that he's always hurt. There's also something else there. Like, to me, you know, look, the Little Wayne interview was not was a really bad look. And then you, you, then you factor in he bails on an onside kick when they're about to beat the Bears. And then he doesn't play at the end of the season when he was all gung-ho about them uh, trying to get to 500 at the end of the year is is that what it is like what there's got to be a lot more that that's what we know about there's got to be a lot more we don't know about for them to for them to take that sort of cap hit after paying him all that money and see him play somewhere else yeah I think that's probably fair I, I also think the general manager just hates that type player which again just harkens back to why did you pay him uh, I, I also think that the, from the Brown side, even if there is more and they know about more, you go, well, we'll bring him in as best friend, and Jarvis is a hard worker and pretty easy to get along with, and, and Baker you know, is kind of a galvanizing personality. He's played with a lot of stars at Oklahoma uh, that he'll just fit right in and it's either shape in or shape out. Now, the hard part is Freddie Kitchens has been a coordinator for half a year, let alone he's never been a head coach. That's a lot to ask. It'd be one thing if – you know, it was John Dorsey and Andy Reid, John Dorsey and Pete Carroll. You'd be like, okay, they, they, they'll know what to do with these guys. First-time head coach in, the, in that environment with the pressure in that city, it's like it's in one trade in one offseason, Cleveland's, oh, whatever, LeBron's gone now, the Browns are back. Are, are, I mean, they are on paper, but are they going to be in reality? Uh, there is, to me, the most amount of pressure on the coach. Um, help me out. Do you like – do you like the new plan? Because the Raiders apparently had a plan, and they're like, oh, we can get Antonio Brown? Forget that plan. Let's go to a new plan. I remember we talked about it last year, and I think we disagree with the Mac thing. But if you were on the side of Mac, the Mac trade was good big picture because you're starting over, I was like, oh, if you are going to blow it up, rebuild, start it from scratch. Well, then they, they didn't really start from scratch because they got Antonio Brown. And to me, it's not about they, what they paid for Antonio Brown was nothing. But Antonio Brown... The Pittsburgh Steelers are a top-five organization, not in football, in sports, and they couldn't get rid of him fast enough. And really, the last couple of years have been weird. And this guy is going to come to Oakland. We're Gruden, you know, to me, Carr's not going to be his problem. It might be on the field. Derek's not as good as Ben. But Gruden is hard on guys, and he says things after games. You know, he'll point the finger, and I, you know, it's, it's easy for everyone to be smiling at all these press conferences all over the NFL right now. After a couple bad losses and you get three targets in a game and your coach said he didn't run the wrong route, right route, 
that's where I see, you know, A.B. Because right now on social media, he's smiling, he's hugging Derek, he's looks like he's having the time of his life. But we know when he doesn't get 15 targets in a game and the Raiders get rolled by the Chiefs, all the cameras are going right to 84's locker. You're crazy if you don't, right? Yep. Absolutely. Uh, that's John Middlecoff. Download the Three and Out podcast. Follow him on Facebook as well. You get outstanding content. Middlecoff, thanks for joining us, dude. See you, Doug. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. Chris Haynes, the senior NBA writer for Yahoo Sports. Follow him on Twitter at Chris B. Haynes. Check out the Post It Up with Chris Haynes podcast. Chris Zion Williamson has decided to come back and play. Uh, you talked to dudes in the NBA, and we, we had uh, who we had Mason Plumley on yesterday, and Mason Plumley said, "Hey, Kevin Garnett would always come up to him and ask him, what's it like, man? I wish I played in the NCAA tournament.' What, what's the general feeling on Zion coming back and playing from NBA people? I don't think most people, you know, I spoke to a bunch, a bunch of players about this uh, situation. Now, most people feel like if he's healthy, you know, go out there and play. Um, it wasn't as bizarre as it looked with him coming out of his shoe. It didn't end up being a severe injury. And so, you know, most were of the mindset that if he could come back completely healthy and if there wasn't a mental concern in him returning, then he should go back and go back out there and get out, get yeah. out there. So, you know what was interesting? It was, was interesting as he played in those, tore his shoes in those PGs, and, like, Paul George has to, like, answer questions like, hey, dude, I didn't make the shoe. <laughs> it's just the yeah, shoe no, designed no, for I my... Mean, yeah, but it was a weird deal. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he has to. He has to answer that. It's his shoe. This is the most high-profile player in college basketball. So now nah, he's going to get those questions, and uh, you know, fair or unfair, you know, that's that's just what it is. But no, nah, it, it was just a fluke situation. I've never really seen that happen before. Before, and so uh, you know, glad that he's okay. But nah, no, most people aren't shocked that he's coming back. You know, after we got the uh, after we got the hearing on how serious the injury was in the first place. You, you've been doing this a while. Everybody, I know Rick Buecher. Uh, I think he's going to join us tomorrow, actually, on the show. Buecher writes for Bleach Report. And his latest story is that Jeannie Buss actually threatened to, to trade LeBron because of all the leaks and, and the way in which LeBron and his camp and Rich Paul were, was handling things. What are you hearing is the state of the relationship between Rich Paul and Jeannie Buss? Yeah, I, I haven't heard that at all. Um, I haven't heard that scenario play out uh, myself. Um, so I'm not trying to dismiss any of my, my colleagues' work or anything like that. I, I just haven't heard anything like that. I've actually, you know, they, they, you know, they're actually cordial. They, you know, they have a, they have a relationship where they, you know, they can talk and communicate. I, I that, that, that was the first, that was the first I heard about when I, when I saw that report get out. Um, oh, so what? What? How do the Lakers fix this? I guess like everybody thinks. Well, okay, you trade for Anthony Davis, but again, that's another Rich Paul guy, and then maybe you you get one of their guys to be the head coach. Like that, that actually secedes power as well. Like what? What do you? What becomes the Lakers? Whatever their plan B, C, D actually is. Well, if you look at it, uh, look if you look at all you know, I said it before, but if you look at all the top free agents out there, that's on the market. Um, that's Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving. Jimmy Butler, uh, who else? Got? Oh, Kawhi Leonard. And if you think about all the other teams that they're linked to, none of those players are really linked directly linked to the Lakers. You know, you talk about Kevin Durant; um, he's either going to State or going going to New York. You talk about Kyrie Irving, Boston or going to New York. Talk about Kawhi Leonard staying in Toronto or going to the Clippers. Talk about Jimmy Butler. You know, there's a there's a, there's more teams with him, but. No correct, uh, nothing that's directly leading to the Lakers. Then you start getting into kind of like second tier free agents. You know, Kimba Walker, Chris Milton. You know, maybe maybe the Lakers have a have, have a a fighting chance of of luring Milton away from Milwaukee. That's a shooter, somebody who will play you know perfectly alongside LeBron James. But does that do it? Is that enough? So and that's why you know I, I only say that to say that I think. They have to get AD somehow, some some way. They have to get AD. I think that's going to be uh, the, the the true superstar. Uh, you know that the Lakers have a realistic chance of getting. And you know it could change those other free agents, but I just think they have to land AD and then work from there. 
Doug Gottlieb show here on Fox Sports Radio. That's the voice of Chris Haynes, of course, has his posted a podcast. It's a good one, uh, Yahoo Sports. Uh, he joins us here on, on Fox Sports Radio. Let's get to the Warriors, a, a team you know very, very well. They go into Houston, get a win last night, and do so without Kevin Durant. And DeMarcus Cousins, I mean, I think it's inarguable. That was his best game since returning from injury. Fair? Yeah, that game and his first game back was, was impressive as well. Um, so what's the state of the Warriors? Because you go back, even within this even within the last week, you had you know Steve Kerr get caught on camera saying he was tired of of Draymond's you know what like what what's the actual state of of that of that team? Doug, this this state with them, and and I hate to minimize everything that's going on. You know, there, there's some drama, there's some t- little turmoil, there's some little issues going on, but the Golden State Warriors are just too talented to allow that to stop them, man. Like I, I really like I've, I've said this: if if they go into the postseason. They can, I think they have the conference. I really do. Look, they showed you how great they are, you know, with Kevin Durant on the sideline. I think, you know, Kevin Durant just put them over the top. Somebody you can just give the ball to and get out of the way, and he'll get you a bucket. And, you know, I just don't think there's really anything. You know, all the things that's going on, we're talking about the uncertainty of Kevin Durant's future, Clay Thompson's future, Draymond Green's future, Draymond's relationship with Steve Kerr, Kevin Durant's relationship with everybody. At the end of the day, it doesn't matter because when they get on the court, I just don't think any of that is going to be able to disrupt what's going on. So, uh, you know, I know a lot of people don't want to hear that, but really, I mean, this, this team is just too talented. The, 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 the things that they're going through, the little issues that we see with them, it, it can disrupt the chemistry on another, on another team. All right, let's talk about Not this team. They're just too deep. Let, let's talk about Russell Westbrook, who, former MVP, uh, and. Uh, um, you know, as well known a personality as there is in the NBA, he had the weird deal when the little kid, you know, kind of touched touched him when he was standing out of bounds, and then uh, he had he had a freak out moment, and then he he talked to the dad and talked to the kid. Then he has the ugly scene in Utah where he responds to a guy, and look, I I get it, guys yell things out, out at you and you get offended, but at what point does he either not pay attention? Or does he just go to security and have the guy escorted? Because like, the the more it escalates, nothing good's going to come from it. I, I just I don't understand what the win. He's not going up in the stands. There's, when you're a when you're worth over a two hundred million dollars, you're not going up in the stands for a knucklehead fan. Um, I just don't understand why he listens, why he engages with those people, because it's only going to lead to something ugly happening. Well, I think that's where the league has to step in, and you know, you know, they give these warnings, these red cards. Now, forget all that. Like they didn't step in and ban them, you know, ban them from the jump, from the first incident. And then you talk about Russell Westbrook. You know, I don't know, Doug. You know, there's some guys where you just feel like you don't know what they're capable of. You know, like Demarcus Cousins. He's that guy for me. Russell Westbrook is right there. Like I, I don't know that if he if he doesn't get pissed enough that he won't jump in those stands. Yeah, but that'd be, you know, that'd if, be, if, dumb, that'd be the that'd be the dumbest thing ever. Like, look, he's he has he he's a franchise unto himself, right? Between his clothing line, his shoes, you know, he's got a family. Like, you're not going up like that. That's just not smart. And you know, like I I think the the again anyone who's had something yelled at them. Either racial or, in my case, like anti-Semitic. Like, right? Like, you want to go up there and whoop somebody's ass, especially when you're Russell Westbrook, because you can. But why not just go to security and go, you do the Jim Dolan, you, you enjoy watching it outside, and that'll stop it. That's that shuts it down completely. The, the Utah ended up uh, banning the fan. I just by engaging and cursing back at him, and I didn't think he doesn't mean he threatened bodily harm against a woman because he cursed about it. Whatever. Um, I, I don't. I just. I think it only escalates until he decides to de-escalate it. Well, I, I get that, and I understand. He definitely deserves some blame in, in his interactions with the fans. But, Doug, you played college ball. You know, I played college ball. And it's, it's one thing for us to sit here and critique once we're all composed and we're looking. But no when, you're in the mood of, yeah, when you're in the mood of the game, the adrenaline is rushing, calls might not be going your way, you're probably pissed off at the coach, pissed off at the player, pissed off at the way the game is, and then – Say, say, you know, say it's the worst. Say it's a racial slur. You're hearing a fan chant. 
Like, you know, it, it's kind of easy for us to sit back and say, you know, he, he should do the right thing and call security. You know, he, he the emotions are caught up, especially when a fan is that close. You know, there was another video, you know, shown where a fan was like three rows from us. He was calling him boy. Hey, boy, dude. You know, so it, 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 I understand what you're saying, and, and definitely he, he should uh, refrain from doing anything that's going to cause any physical harm on the on a fan, but they're human. They're human, and, and they're in a hostile, competitive environment uh, to which, you know, tippers explode at, at certain points. Chris Haines joining us from Yahoo Sports. You have an exclusive where you sat down with Kyrie Irving, and Kyrie Irving apologized for the way he's handled things with the media. Um, what, why, why is he, what led to him apologizing? You know, I just happened, you know, I covered Kyrie in Cleveland, and, and I know how, you know, he, some, sometimes, you know, sometimes he's open, moody, He's um, uh, other times you know you just get the the complete opposite. You know, I just happen to, get, to catch him on a good day, and I just wanted to ask him about this past month. And, you know how he felt, and you know he basically was just real open. You know, gave me some time before he spoke with the spoke with the mask room and said, you know, I, I'm not proud of the way I handled things this past month, and I, you know, as, as a professional, I owe it better to my teammates. You know, for them seeing that. And, you know, I owe it to the fans, the future ballers that's going to be in my position. You know, I owe it that they need to see what a professional is supposed to look like, how he's supposed to handle himself. And he said, you know, he can't, he can't react like that. And he started reflecting on, you know, his time with, with LeBron James and how, you know, it was a bunch of pressure to live up to his shoes when LeBron left and chose to go pursue championships. And he said he's a 19-year-old who had his own goals. And, you know, it just made it hard. And I just think coming into that, element coming under those circumstances from the get-go I think that's kind of pushed Kyrie to being the player and being the kind of guy who's moody sometimes I think that all stems from you know how he came into the league with this forced pressure that he didn't ask for you know he said he felt like he was doing pretty well as a rookie he was hitting all the benchmarks he was as a young star but yet he was still being compared to what LeBron James did and he just told you know said how that took a toll on him and I just think I just tried to paint the picture to show people how, um, you know, that upbringing in the NBA is kind of why Kyrie is the player he is now. But, he, you know, he, he took all this and said he needs to get better and he, he promised to do better. And so I, for that, I have to give him credit. You know, why did he, why did he say that he's, he wants he's coming back, he'll sign, re-sign if that's not the way he feels? Like, why was, was he I just... Know, I know. It's caught up in emotions, I guess. Caught up in emotions. And, you know, he, he hasn't said... He hasn't said that he's not going to resign back there, but he, he let it be known that he's a grown man and he's going to do what's best for him and his family, which, you know, which kind of caught people, you know, back. You know, that's the thing about it's hard to gauge him today. Uh, Terry Rozier had a quote last week. He said, when Kyrie is in a good mood, we're playing well, everything is nice. When he's not, we're struggling. And I think that's very telling. I've never really heard a player say, based off of somebody's mood, that's how the team is going to flow uh, as a unit. And so if that's the way it is, I don't think it should be that way, but if that's the way it is, then Kyrie has to make sure he's going to up and up from day to day. No, no, no question about it. Like maybe, I don't think, maybe it's the, you do yoga. I don't know. Just find, find a way to <laughs> find, find, find a way to be center. Cause he's so good. He's, he's so yeah. crazy, uh, crazy talented. Who does the league think is the best team in the East? In the East, that's a good, you know, I think a lot of people are saying Milwaukee. For the most part, they're saying Milwaukee and Toronto. And, you know, I'm pretty much right there. But look, man, Kyrie said it a couple weeks ago. He was like, he's tired of the regular season. He's tired of asking questions about what's wrong with them, why they're not finding continuity. He said, I want to get to the postseason. That's what I'm going to make. That's what, I'm gonna, that's what I came here for. And, man, I've covered, man, Doug, i covered that kid, man, on a day-to-day basis, man, for years. I seen what the kid can do when he when he's in when he's in tune. I can't dismiss him because I still think he's one of the best, if not the best closers in the game. If you got him, man, I I, I think that sets you apart. And so while I I would say you know Toronto and Milwaukee is you know what most people are saying, man, I'm not dismissing Boston by any stretch. I completely agree. I mean, like, look, they still have they have Brad, they have Kyrie. I love Al Horford and and what what kind of the understated things that he brings to the table. Uh, Jason Tatum and those guys have shown they can perform for the most part under the pressure of the postseason. Whereas I haven't seen that from Milwaukee; they haven't even won a series yet. You know, Philly, uh, the the Celtics seem to have figured out Philly, even if nobody else can. 
And and to, while Toronto, I, I think Toronto's the, the biggest threat because they have they have Kawhi. I'm just not sure about everything else they have around him, you know, because Kyle Lowry at times has struggled in the playoffs, and that's one of the reasons they look to move off Kyle Lowry. But yeah, it's going to be fascinating. Listen, uh, if you haven't read the article, uh, do so. Chris Haynes sitting down with Kyrie Irving. Uh, it's an exclusive, of course. Uh, download his podcast as well. Chris, thanks so much for joining us. Yeah, appreciate it as always. Uh, all right, man. Enjoy. Your, yours in hoops. It's uh, Chris Haynes joining us on the Doug Gottlieb Show. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Carol G. Juan Gabriel. Christina Aguilera. What do these three have in common? You mean apart from impeccable style, chart-topping canciones, and drama? Facts, yes, all of the above are correct. But most importantly, they're some of the biggest Latin icons in the world. And they're just a few of the game-changing Latin stars we're covering in Becoming an Icon Season 2. Listen to Becoming an Icon on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying... A, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, love at, at First, first listen. listen. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. With new segments, correspondence, and a new sound. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Dura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.